Before we start today's episode, I want to go ahead and give the trigger warnings for this one. There will be discussions of, and this is alleged, domestic and child abuse, child sexual assault and rape, grooming, suicide, and false imprisonment. Listener discretion is advised. Samantha, guess what? What? It's almost our 100th episode, and you know what that means. Special episode time and also Bigfoot. Yep, Bigfoot. That's right. If you are so inclined and you want to know more information about us, we are going to do a bonus Q&A episode for you. So be sure to write us in at at reapertales.com to submit your questions. You can also reach us, mostly Samantha, on our social media at Reaper Tells Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. We will consider all and any questions as long as they're appropriate. We're not going to tell you our bra sizes. I'm sorry. Anyways, we look forward to our 100th episode and we can't wait to hear from you. Hello, I'm Montana. And I'm Samantha. And you're listening to Reaper Tales. And today, I'm bringing you part two in the Grant and Gracie Solomon case. But before we get started, Samantha, what are we drinking? Y'all are are doing a me and drinking water, but I decided (laughs) to get a beer this morning because I was not ready. Well, I was ready, but not ready for this second half. So it's been a long week, uh, to say the least. Uh, So it's a pick your poison. Don't drink and drive, folks. So if you're listening to us on the way to work, please do not drink. Feel free to have your coffee, though. Maybe put an extra shot of espresso in there or something. All right. Well, if you are at home and you're enjoying a beer, you're probably going to want to grab a second one. I am going to continue to drink my water because this stuff makes me sad. And being sad and drinking, not great combinations. So I will have one on the next recording that we do, which is supposed to be funny. Thanks, Sam. You're welcome. you'll, You'll enjoy it a little bit more. I know. A little bit of a um, clear the air between some tough cases. Yeah. So, again, before we get started, I do want to do the disclaimer again. In everything that we discussed today, it is coming directly from Grant and Gracie's mother, Angie, and Gracie herself. Everything that I tell you today is alleged, and any opinion or speculations either of us given on this case is based on the information provided by the allegations against Aaron Solomon. What does that mean? It means I'm going to say alleged a lot, and everything is alleged. Do not sue us. I want to start this episode off by giving you a bit of an idea of who Grant was as a person. I think the best way I can do that is to read directly from his About Grant page on the Freedom for Gracie website. Grant Solomon was an extraordinary young man. Despite the extreme difficulties at home, Grant was a vibrant, upbeat, and talented boy, a loyal friend and sibling who impacted many. He adored his mother and sister and considered himself their protector. Grant had a beautiful girlfriend, Hannah, and they loved one another deeply. 
a talented baseball pitcher, he was being recruited by Division I schools. Hundreds gathered for his memorial, and it was his peers who relentlessly pointed out the painfully obvious inconsistencies in his death. According to his sister and his friends, Grant never had a good relationship with his father, who he said would abuse him regularly, mostly psychologically, but would also physically lash out at times. Despite his well-documented fear of his father, for years he tried to get help. Just as Gracie was dismissed, Grant was often dismissed as, quote, just a kid. Grant had hopes of testifying against in court once he turned 18. Once he was legally considered an adult, Grant hoped that his testimony would finally be heard. On July 20th, 2020, only five weeks after his 18th birthday, Grant Solomon died after supposedly being run over by his own vehicle. The only witness to this alleged accident was his father, Aaron. The incident was extremely suspicious, yet the entire, quote, investigation consisted of taking Aaron's statement, the Gallatin police treated the tragic event like a parking lot incident, even though the truck and Grant were on government property and closed the case. The case has not been reopened. So in part one, I gave you a brief summary of what occurred in the parking lot that morning. But today we're going to talk more about it. I think we need, the way we need to do that is to start with the 911 call. So I'm going to play that for you now. Be sure to um, listen carefully. I'm going to have some follow-up points to this 911 call. So, and be prepared. Uh, If you do not like 911 calls, this is about four minutes long. So you're welcome to fast forward. I'm trying. Where's your emergency? It's... 1357 South Water Street. It's off 109. Please hurry. You said 57? Please hurry. Okay, what's going on? 57. Uh, my, my son's truck backed over him, and he's, it's rolled over him and dragged him into the ditch, and it's on top of him. He's trapped under the truck, and I... I yeah, he... I, I, somehow it drug him underneath it. Yes, my son is under it. I'm trying to no. I'm I'm trying to call nine one one. Okay, what's your name? Oh my god. My name is Aaron Solomon. And you said oh my god. Thirteen fifty seven South Water Avenue, right? Yes. How old yes. is the male? He's eighteen. He just turned eighteen a couple of weeks, about a month ago. It's my son. Oh my god. Oh my god. This is not good. Is he awake? Oh, please hurry! I don't know. I don't think so. He's not. Uh, he's not alert, right? No, he's out, and he's trapped. I got three guys here, and he's trapped under the truck. Okay. Oh my God. I understand, sir. Stay on the phone with me while we get somebody out there. What's your name? Aaron Solomon. All right, Aaron. Huh? What kind of vehicle is it? It's a Toyota Tacoma, Tacoma, and it the the vehicle has to. He's underneath the vehicle. Okay, I've got and the, that. And, and it's, okay, I've got that. What color is it? It's a white truck. That's my son. He it's somehow it backed up. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on one. I'm on with nine one one right now. 
Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Was your son working on it? No, no, he was just getting out of it. It's the hill. It's we're on an incline, and I guess he didn't have it in park or something, or it wasn't engaged, or oh my god, oh my god, I can't believe this. Still not responding. No, no. And he still no. No one can get out from under it. No, it's no. We saw units and routes to you. I'm just asking you questions before we can update him, okay? Can you check and see if he's breathing? Somebody's telling me that he's coming too. Okay, maybe. He's waking up, kind of keeping still. So he is. Well, he can't. Yeah, he can't move. I don't think he can move. I I don't know. Okay, I no, he can't move. He's trapped. Okay, well, we got somebody in route. Now, when he wakes uh, up, he might I'm be telling scared. Him, can somebody I'm get down him. there and talk to him? Yeah, somebody talk to him. There's... Shit. Yeah. There's blood. What, is he facing up or down? He's facing up. They said he may aspirate. We need to hurry. Oh, my God. So, does he have blood coming out of his mouth? Yeah, he's, yeah there's blood coming out. Yeah, somehow it drug him down, I think. I don't know whether it wasn't in park or what, or if it didn't engage the brake, or it drug him underneath somehow. Okay. They said he's facing up. Okay. But he's bleeding from his mouth. So, Grant, turn your face to the side if you can, barely, but be careful. Don't move him, okay? We can't move him. We can't, we can't move him. All right, these and they're there. I'm gonna let you go, okay? Yeah, okay. Okay. All right. Uh huh. Bye bye. So first off, I want to ask if you heard anyone else in the background with Aaron during that call. Only extremely briefly during one part near the end. Yeah, he, I was, he and stayed. I was wondering that too. The whole time he's acting like he's talking to somebody, but you don't hear anybody. Yeah, he states that there were three guys there helping him, but according to a witness that came out when they heard the sirens, they saw Aaron alone pacing on his cell phone in the parking lot. There also, never, he's in a parking lot. Was there an incline? There was an incline, um, and we'll get to it. I have some pictures I want to show you. They're in the episode files for this episode. I've sent you the link, but we'll get to it here soon. The other thing that I want to point out is the fact that at no point did Aaron ever go to his son's side. And that's what I was wondering. He's acting like he's asking somebody. Why are you asking somebody? My butt would have been underneath that car trying to keep an eye on my child to make sure that I was aware of his status at all times. Yeah, on the phone at once. Not once did he go down that. He also sounds extremely calm. Yes. Almost. That's another thing. Not even bothered uh, outside of the, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, every so often he puts that in. I mean, it honestly does sound like it's when he remembers he should be upset. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, all of that aside, let's talk about the scene. 
it'll be a little difficult for me to explain, but I'll do my best. In the parking lot of the WPI facility, it sits on a slight slope. And I have seen people go to this parking lot on TikTok and record how many steps it takes to get from the farthest part of the parking lot down to the ditch where Grant was pinned. It was less than 10 steps. The slope isn't even that steep. Ten, less than 10 steps. Okay, maybe he had a good reason to not go down himself and check on Grant. He could have been freaked out by his child being pinned under the truck. Here's the thing, though, and the reason I keep air quoting pinned is because when the ambulance crew showed up, they stated that Grant was not pinned under the weight of the truck at all because his body was lying between the two tires on the front of the vehicle. The, the vehicle was not sitting on him at any point. So why, why did he con consistently say that they couldn't, he was trapped, he couldn't get him out, he was pinned under the truck? Makes no sense. The, this is where the, um, the pictures are going to come into play. So, so the position of Grant's body doesn't add up at all. Take a look at the photo. In mm -hmm. this, you can see that at the top is the WPI facility. And you can see Grant's truck facing towards the building down in the ditch. Aaron first stated that Grant had grabbed his equipment out of the bed of his truck when the truck rolled over him. But Grant's body was facing upwards. His feet were towards the road as you can see, and his face was turned towards the WPI building. Unless the truck spun him around when it ran over him, there's no way that his body could be in that position. If the truck is rolling over him, he's going to fall backwards, and it's going to drag him backwards with his head pointing towards the road and his feet towards the building. But he was completely the other way. Also, I mean, we're supposed to believe that it dragged him from the parking lot all the way down into the culvert. I'm so glad you brought that up. And he wasn't even pinned. So was he caught in anything under in the undercarriage, which I highly doubt. So like, how would that even happen? Um, well, and spun him around as it was dragging. So he just literally like whipped around while he was being dragged. That doesn't make it make sense. Doesn't. Several people have also stated that Grant would not have left his expensive equipment in the bed of his truck like that. I mean, it's Tennessee. It's really hot. It's really rainy. It can get really cold. It's humid. He's not going to leave that expensive equipment in the bed of his truck. But don't worry, because later Aaron actually changes his story, and he does this a couple of times. He changes it to say that Grant was grabbing his equipment out of the back driver's side door. It was a, it was a double cab when the truck dragged him under and pulled him into the ditch. Which again, even if that were the case, the position of his body would not be in the position that it was in. Okay, but let's say somehow we explain away the position of the body in the bizarre 911 call. Let's talk about injuries. Grant only had three injuries on him that day. He was wearing shorts and a short sleeve t-shirt. He had a blow to the jaw and a fatal blow to the back of his head. You can see in the scene photos, the rock that was under Grant's head, it's covered in blood. Mm -hmm. 
So that tracks. But what doesn't track is the fact that if he had been pulled under the truck and dragged several feet on asphalt, why didn't he have any signs of road rash? Just the three injuries. A bruise, two bruises, and the fatal blow to the back of his head. And the blow is on the... Here's another one. The blow is on the rocks. So he doesn't have a blow from an initial fall onto the pavement in the first place. Mm -mm. It's only the one on the rock, which also is odd in and of itself. I mean, if he was dragged and miraculously didn't get hurt the whole time until he hit the rocks, he just happened to hit that rock with enough force, even though he's being dragged. So he should be close to the ground to begin with. Mm -hmm. To kill him. Yeah, and you would think... And that's a good bit of blood on that rock, You would think that there would be blood all over that parking lot from him hitting his head Mm -hmm. and then being dragged. I mean, road rash, it takes seconds for it to... And he had shorts, so he had nothing to protect his legs. Mm -hmm. But let's say for argument's sake that maybe he was able to stay on his feet for the majority of being dragged into the ditch. This, too, could not be possible unless he had, like, indestructible shoes because his shoes and his socks were completely clean and there were no scuff marks on them. Another glaringly obvious miss for this case is the grassy area between the ditch and the parking lot. I've provided pictures on that. The area had significantly tall grass and that was undisturbed. If a truck is dragging a person over and dragging them into a ditch, you would expect there to be tire tracks and the grass to be disturbed through that path. At the very least. Grant's body would also be covered in grass stains. His clothing would be, but his clothing was clean. Completely clean. Not only are there no tracks through the grass, there's none at the top of the parking lot where the truck allegedly came from. You would expect skid marks, you know, drag marks. There are no tracks anywhere, except for there are. There are tracks on the sidewalk from the road going into the ditch, indicating that the truck drove forward over the sidewalk and into the ditch, allegedly. Also, further substantiating this, to be honest, is the fact that his bumper is fine. Yes. If it had dropped like that, it would have decimated that front bumper. Mm -hmm. Sure would. Grant's glasses were found down by the sidewalk. Angie said that Grant couldn't see well at all without them. And it would have been odd for him to be up at the top of the lot without them. And it didn't make sense that they would have flown off of him onto the sidewalk. And on the Freedom for Gracie website managed by Angie, she wrote, quote, if his glasses are here, the obvious conclusion is that Grant was last standing here, not at the top of the parking lot, unquote. Which, yeah, it would make sense if he was hit down on the sidewalk that his glasses flew out there. It would also make sense that his body would be in the position that it was in. Mm-hmm. If he was hit there. <laughs> I'm so frustrated with this because it's, it's obvious to me. It's obvious to anybody who looks at these scene photos, all of that stuff. And at the hospital, Aaron declined an autopsy before Angie even got to the hospital. Grant's organs were viable for donation, and Angie had hopes of hearing his heart live on in someone else. And those hopes were dashed because Aaron declined organ donation. 
So let's let's talk about the truck for a little bit. From the images I've shown you, you can see there is little to no damage done to the truck. The only real damage is the rear bumper. The bumper is hanging off slightly. It looks like it's been kicked down. It does. And there might be an explanation for that, but... On one side, not on both. One side's worse than the other. Yeah. This was used as evidence to prove that Grant had been hit from the rear of the truck and dragged. Just that bumper slightly hanging off. The problem with that... Yeah, but the tailgate is perfectly fine. Yeah. And he was... There's no damage to the tailgate. Like, that would also have damage if it was like this. Yeah. Grant was six foot three. If his body hit that back end of that car, there would be significant damage back there. It would be dense at the very least. Yeah. Well, the problem with, you know, the the bumper hanging off or whatever is that according to Toyota, the Tacoma's bumpers are meant to fold under even minor pressure. While crashing backwards into the ditch would have caused major damage, the minor damage to the bumper is easily explained by experts. According to truckdefender.com, most all truck enthusiasts agree, get a custom bumper on the Toyota Tacoma. The bumper, quote, isn't up to the challenge of daily life, unquote. I'm sure Paul could tell us more about that, but he's not here. I'm sure he could. So this bumper is well known for just falling off if you sneeze around it. It makes no sense that if it falls off that easily and it had an Im- it impacted him so much, you would think that it would have come off completely. But it didn't. But also his other story about getting something out of the back passenger door also messes that up because then he wouldn't have been back there at all. So the only damage to the back bumper would have been from the impact to the ditch, which again, if it had impacted the ditch like it was supposed to have, that tailgate would have been wrecked. Yeah, it would have been wrecked. And it is pristine. There's nothing, there's not a dent in it. If you look at the pictures of where the truck is sitting too, it makes no sense that the truck would have gone into the ditch and then back up the other side to rest with its nose pointed down into the ditch. It would make more sense for the truck to be sitting with its tail into the ditch. Yeah, there's no way it would have bounced up to have the back end end up resting above the yeah the ditch. That doesn't make sense. It does, it does not make any sense. Aaron allegedly stated that the parking brake failed causing the accident, if you remember from the 911 call. After the accident, Aaron took possession of the truck and continued to drive it for months afterwards. The truck that Ew. killed his son, he continued to drive, even though he reported through insurance that the truck was totaled in the accident. He was paid out for that, by the way, and continued Did to... Did he have any evidence that he fixed the parking brake that was messed up? No. Uh, no, not at all. Uh, I also want to point out that for a man who allegedly will sue anyone for speaking poorly about him, he didn't try to sue the manufacturer of the truck for the failed parking brake. For killing his son. For killing his son. Supposedly. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> well, so he drives this truck for months, but one day out of the blue, the truck disappeared. Man, I hate it when that happens. I hate it when my vehicle operates. It's so annoying. It makes no sense. 
I just have to wait for it to come back. And what am I supposed to do in the meantime? My car has a mind of its own and likes to go hang out with other cars that are cooler than me. That's fair. Angie was able to track down the truck at a scrapyard and it was uh, it was not in great it was not in good condition like the whole front end had been ripped off I don't I don't get it It, when he had it appraised at the scrapyard they said that there had been an accident in the truck with minor damages done to it so it was not totaled and this was sold to the scrapyard after the claim was settled with the insurance so that's insurance fraud first off Anyways, she was able to buy the truck before it went to auction. Angie reported that she had forensic testing done, which proved that the accident couldn't have happened the way in which Aaron claimed. The Tacoma apparently had a safety feature that wouldn't allow the engine to be shut off unless it was placed in park, which most cars do. Aaron claimed that Grant had forgotten to put on the parking brake, but independent researchers have tested this theory and don't find it valid. Angie also reported that when Grant's vehicle was in the ditch, it was in park with the engine off. Oops. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, no. Didn't think that one through, did we? Angie had a Life360 app with her kids, which I know you have, right? Yep. Yep, yep. For anybody who doesn't know, it's an app to track people's phones uh, so you know where your kids are. And it's it's more accurate than... Like track their location. It can even, you can pay premiums to track like the speeds that they're driving at and you can go back through there and see when they were driving certain speeds. So if you see them driving 100 miles per hour and the speed limit 70, you can look it up and see how long they were driving it for that much, that high. Um, But also it's just always on um, and you get a notification if they turn their location off. So it's just a way to keep your kids safe instead of having to text them and wait for them to tell you where they are. You can just pull up the app and find out where they are. Yeah. And it's it's more accurate from what I understand than the Find My Friends on uh, the Apple stuff. Because I know Kelsey and I share our locations on Find My Friends. And it, it does a radius thing. It also doesn't save where somebody is. So once I've left a location. Yeah, I can track. Yeah. I think I can track up to like 30 days or something. Yeah. It doesn't tell Kelsey that I, you know, I was just at the grocery store or something, she can just see like my location live. So Life360 gives you like a record of where people are. And Angie said that Grant's location information showed that he'd been on the sidewalk that day, never at the top of the lot, ever. That's, I will say that probably depends on, that depends a lot on like cell phone coverage and that sort of thing because you've been to my house. Yeah. So once you turn on our road, it will ding and let me know when one of them is home but then my stepson's is very inaccurate and his is an iphone and i won't get notification that he's left home which is like a radius until he's nearly at school which is i mean it's not quite a mile away but still like he's halfway to school which is like a half a mile away before it tells me he's gone so it really depends on the phone. It depends on the accuracy of the GPS locator on the, or location on the phone itself, as well as like your signal and that sort of thing. So it can be very, very accurate, but it can also be a little bit off. So sidewalk to parking lot, that's iffy. Um, maybe yeah. where they are, they've got really great cell service and, and his phone was really good. But 
that one I would kind of be able to give a little bit of a benefit of the doubt because it could be off because you're talking feet from the sidewalk. So, I mean. We have Life360 as well. My family does. And I don't know if we, my dad might pay for premium. I don't know, to be honest. But we can see when someone is walking versus driving. So like it has the little yeah, shoes. measures how fast you're going. Yeah. So I don't know if that was something that was brought up, but I don't know, just a little tidbit. And also when you are walking versus when you are driving, it is going to be a little more accurate because it has more time to actually measure how your location is changing. So it will be a little bit more accurate there. Like if we're walking around my neighborhood circle, you can see that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's give and take. I wouldn't say that that's like concrete evidence, but it would definitely throw some question marks that way. Well, and you would think if he's being hit by a truck and dragged down, that Live 360 would have picked that up. If he had his phone on him. Yeah. Well, reportedly, Angie, Gracie, and the rest of those who loved Grant believe the following is what really happened that day. They believe that Grant was standing on the sidewalk by the road when Aaron drove the Tacoma over the sidewalk, hitting Grant intentionally. Grant would have fallen backwards, striking his head on the rock, and Aaron pulled the truck up over his son. This would explain many of the inconsistencies found in Aaron's account. Which, if if you're looking at these scene photos, that makes more sense to me than a truck backed over him, rolled over him. Yeah, because the truck is sitting up higher, so if it hit you, you're going to fall backwards more than likely because you're pretty high up compared to a car. But yeah, that makes a lot more sense, especially, I mean, the back bumper just does that's really bothering me. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. You'll need to discuss it with Paul and then get back to me, please. <laughs> He'll tell me. I'm sure he knows all about Toyota Tacoma. Oh, I'm sure. So when he, when when they got the truck off of him, was he like... In the middle part of the embankment, was he on like the incline towards the building or on the incline towards the road? He was, if you look at the front of the truck, his body was in between those two front tires with his head pointed down into the ditch. And you can see the the rock. Yeah, I could see the rock, but it doesn't really give a very good location like relative to where it is in the, it's, it's zoomed in a lot. Yeah. Okay. So his head was... So yeah, that based on that, yeah, I would say that makes a lot more sense that it was forward and not reverse. Yeah. And I just, I, I can't, I can't get past the whole fact that there's no blood up in that parking lot. There's no, he had no grass stains on him. His clothes were not ripped up. Nothing. And you said he had three injuries, the one to his head, and what were the other two? He had three injuries, one to his head, the fatal blow to his head, a bruise along his jaw as if something had hit him in his jaw. And then if I remember correctly, he had like a bruise on his ribs or something like that. Which would also kind of make sense if he got hit. Yeah. Okay. Just checking. No, no. All questions are welcome here. We want answers. So some people claim that Grant and Aaron didn't even have an appointment that morning at WPI. I do need to explain a little bit about why they were supposed to be there and a situation that Grant was dealing with that day and the days leading up to it. This was the first year that COVID ravaged the world. And like many of us, Grant seemed to have caught COVID before the July incident. He'd been having difficulty with his lungs and breathing due to long complications of COVID. 
And that morning, Grant had texted his mother explaining that he didn't want to go to WPI. He told his mother he didn't want to die that day in Gallatin. That's just so sad. Yeah, I know. It's weird when we have a case that references COVID now because it's so recent, it feels like. But I guess that's going to pop up. Oh, yeah. And he had just gotten like x-rays of his lungs. He They had started giving him um, an inhaler to deal with these complications. So it, it was documented and it was an actual issue. Angie did text Aaron stating that Grant didn't want to go to this private training session because he wasn't feeling strong enough yet. But Aaron ignored her and insisted on Grant going. I'm going to interrupt you real quick because I thought I remembered this and it was really bugging me. But this this accident kind of sounded really familiar because there were a lot of accidents fairly recently. And when you said COVID, I was like, oh, wait, I think this is after it. And it is. So the reason why this sounds so familiar is there is an actor that I absolutely loved and unfortunately died in a freak accident with his vehicle. And I believe it was something along the lines of the parking brake failed or parking didn't work and it wouldn't put on the brakes. I believe it was a Jeep, if I'm not mistaken. And it was in 2016. Yes. And the car forced forward, forced him against a gate and he died of asphyxiation. Yes. From a freak accident. I know what you're talking about. I forget the actor's name, but... He got I'm going to say it totally wrong, but I actually have it pulled up. It's Anton Yelchin. Yelkin. What did he play in? He was Russian. He was in Odd Thomas, and he was in, more known uh, on Star Trek. Okay, yeah, the new yeah. Star Trek reboot. What? One of what? It's so. It's so funny. It's not funny. It, God, it's he was such an interesting. He was such a good actor too. That you bring this up because in one of the podcasts that I listened to, they actually referenced that. Specifically. Because it sounded so familiar. It sounded like just almost the exact same thing, only instead of it backing up, it went forward because it was actually parked down. So when the brake failed, it actually pinned him against his gate because they he had he was like calling them to try to get them to open the gate for him. And it pinned him against the gate in that situation. But it I mean it's weirdly similar. Yes. Quote unquote. Weirdly. And I, I think in in that instance, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, the Jeep that he, he was driving or the Jeep that caused this accident had been, it was known to mm-hmm. have a parking brake failure. It had recalls. Yeah. Yep. It had recalls after that. Toyota Tacoma never did. And since then, that model has not had any rec- recorded I can't imagine a whole lot of vehicles did after that happened because that got national news. Yeah. Like that. That everybody knew about that when that ended up happening. Well, everybody and it had caused multiple deaths outside of that. And this is one of those situations where it's probably something that should have been dealt with because they knew it was dangerous. And the reason why it got brought up was, oh, lo and behold, a really famous actor who was very young unfortunately lost his life, and now it's on the national spotlight. Yeah, but that also makes me think there's no way this guy didn't know of that. Oh, I agree. So anyway, allegedly, 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 if if anything that we allegedly said that was alleged is true, I don't (laughs) I don't know that Aaron, I don't know that if Aaron did what they're they're saying that he did. I don't think it was planned. I think if if he did it, it was in a moment of rage because that's the type of person that Aaron is. It was in a moment of rage, and he might have remembered that. This is all wild speculation. 
but use that same scenario to try and make sense of uh, what is not making sense to me. That would that would make sense of a nonsensical situation that makes no sense. Yeah. If that makes sense. That makes sense. Let's say it one more time. Does it make sense? It doesn't make sense. Okay. So WPI is the Ward Performance Institute in Gallatin, Tennessee. At the time, Grant was living with a friend an hour away. And Aaron and Grant met in separate vehicles that morning. Aaron's story, you know, like I said, his his testimony changes a couple of times. You know, I'm not going to get into the weeds of it. But basically, they were in two separate vehicles, according to Aaron. And there were two different vehicles there. Grant got to the facility at like 840, something like that. And Aaron called 911 at like 844. Well, when Grant pulled up, Aaron said he sees him, but he gets a work email on his phone and he looks down to look at it. And that's when he says he hears a crash and he looks back and the truck heads. Now it's now in the ditch. You know, that's really simple for police to corroborate his story. All they have to do is check his phone. When he received an email. Records, yes, and see if this is the case. But they did not do that. Um, They interviewed Aaron for maybe an hour, two tops, to get his statement. And that was all they did. And like I said, they only did the investigation for less than an hour on the scene. The question is, though, why would Aaron allegedly kill his own son? Like, what is the point in this? And there could be a good reason for that. Just weeks before his death, Grant had turned 18. Many who were close with Grant stated that they believed Grant now, believed Grant now that he was legally an adult, was getting ready to testify against his father on behalf of his sister. And in like some of the some of the stuff that I found, it also said that he was going to fight for custody of his sister for himself, since his mother was unable to get any fucking judge to listen to her. And then just he's a male. Maybe he'd get some kind of traction. Yes. As we know, Aaron is well connected in the community, but how well exactly? He went to church with many in this church. So the school that Gracie and Grant went to, it was the Grace Christian Academy. The church that we're talking about is the church that runs the Grace Christian Academy. So they are one entity together. Aaron went to church with many high-level court members, as well as the current governor of Tennessee, Bill Lee. Aaron had been attending that church for years, and everyone there had nothing but wonderful things to say about him. Everyone at school thought the same. Because it's so difficult to act a certain way when you're in the public eye. Oh, yeah. But he did. Because nobody's ever done that before. Uh, Just in my opinion, he's not very good at acting over a 911 call. I can tell you that. I would have to agree. Mm. It's like he read the wrong role. When he was delivering a script. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone at school thought the same, despite the allegations that Gracie and Grant had disclosed to mandatory reporters. 
about the sexual abuse. The assumption among everyone was that Angie was simply making these claims and filing these motions to get Aaron back for divorcing her and taking custody of the children. Yo, the wrath of a woman scorned. What? Get the fuck out. The year previous, I think it was the year previous, or the, it might have been two years previous, the family was attending, like, court-ordered family therapy where Aaron had reportedly promised not to pick Gracie up from school. And on August 31st of that year, he did exactly that. As soon as she saw her father, Gracie ran to the elementary school headmistress's office crying. Uh, She was trying to get in touch with her mother, too. She told this uh, headmistress, uh, Rona Branson, piece of shit, about what her father had done to her. She was alleged to be dismissive of the claims, calling in the headmaster, Robbie Mason. Gracie said that Mason looked at her and said, quote, that's old news, Gracie. Now get in the car with your dad, unquote. I need, I'm so infuriated with these people. In another unsurprising move by Grace Christian Academy, Gracie was called in by the administrators and instructed to stop talking about her allegations of abuse. After hearing about this, Grant was fed up. He refused to go back to school unless he could meet with the principal, Rona Branson, the one who'd already ignored Gracie's report. He met with her and three other school officials. Reportedly, the group of administrators simply defended themselves, saying that they were just trying to keep Gracie from creating a, quote, bad reputation for herself. And here's the thing, you know, this could be all like word of mouth and allegations and all that stuff. But specifically in that instance where Gracie went to the headmistress and told them about this, they had pulled Gracie in and told her to stop talking about this. Uh, It was not good. And the next day, Angie went in to talk to the school. And they pretty much said, you know, we're, we're, we're not trying to like cause a stink. We're, we don't, the kids are going to their parents and they're asking their parents, what, what does sexual assault mean? Cause these are 10 and 11 year olds. And this is, Angie records this. There's, there's audio of this conversation. And I tried to get it to put it in the podcast, but it's, it's provable. To be clear. 60 to 70% of adults who experience sexual trauma as children do not ever report it. Mm-hmm. 60 to 70%. Of the ones reported, less than 2% are false allegations. Less than two. So how about we go with the, um, oh, I don't know, assumption that a child is telling you the truth, especially when they're telling you details that they could not have made up, mm-hmm. instead of assuming that they're lying. Because what's worse, that they're lying and it could hurt somebody's reputation or their own, or that they're telling the truth and you're allowing this person to, A, continue to abuse them, or B, go on to abuse another child? Well, the problem here is is nobody is telling Gracie that she's lying. Everybody is talking to her as if they assume that she is correct, but they just want her to shut up. That's That's the problem. And as school officials... As people who are in a religious organization, they are, and in the state of Tennessee, actually, everyone in the state of Tennessee are mandatory reporters, regardless of your status. So in assuming that she is correct, they have an obligation to contact 
investigators and tell them to open a case into this allegation of abuse, even if it's just an allegation, even if they don't believe there, they are required to do it and they did not do it. And on multiple occasions, they're telling people, you know, we, we know about this. Uh, we just want you to stop talking about it. Make it make sense. How, if a child cannot go, if a child goes to their mother and she does her best and she's flat out ignored and dismissed, then she goes to her teachers or her church because that's, that's the next best thing, right? These are the adults that are supposed to help take care of me. And you're telling me to be quiet. What am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Like, everybody has failed me in my entire life at this point. Yes. And I'm still a child. Yes. Like, how, what's the justification here? How do you live with yourself after you, you tell somebody to be quiet? Especially if you actually think that they're telling the truth. How do you live with yourself? I would really love to know the answer to that question. They don't, they don't care. They, they're all there to protect Aaron Solomon, allegedly. Because all of these people know Aaron Solomon. They are all friends with Aaron I, Solomon. I don't care who it is. My point is, I, how bankrupt must you be morally to tell a child to shut up? About oh, something like this. Thoroughly like, bankrupt. Literally bankrupt morally. And you're you're in a church, your leadership in a church, yeah. your leadership in a school, which is a private institution that's also run by this church. And you're more concerned about the adult in this situation than protecting the child. Yes. Morally bankrupt. Super glad that you're running a church, which is supposed to be telling me what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. Uh, and and at one point they did try to enforce like Aaron not being on the school premises, but they continued to allow this man who had sexually assaulted a child to come to games that were facilitated by the school. A predator, an alleged predator on property. Like, I can't even teach school myself because I got a ticket for underage smoking at 18 because the legal age for smoking in Alabama is 19. So because of that, I can't even teach at a school. But you're going to sit there and you're going to you're going to allow a predator, an alleged predator on school property. Around other children. Doesn't make sense because they don't care. They don't care about the kids. Allegedly. Well, I mean, that's been proven over and over. I mean, we won't get into it, but there are other things that have happened. Bills that have been passed, laws that have been passed that prove that it's it's never about the kids. No, it's not. It's, it's never been about the kids. So, uh, you know, all of these people, they're protecting Aaron. Uh, The only person that seems to be able to do anything about it has just turned 18. And then he is, he tragically dies. And the only person around is Aaron. So you can put puzzle pieces together all you want for that. I did. I put a lot of puzzle pieces together yesterday. I saw. Very good at that. I saw. You're excellent at it. I love it. So... Angie has spent years trying to get anybody to listen to her about Grant's death to reopen the case to have an actual investigation done on it. And the Gallant Police Department will not do anything about it. But in between Grant's death and where we are currently, things have not stopped. In the spring of 2021, Gracie Solomon went on record in a YouTube video that alleged the abuse she had suffered at the hands of her father. She did post it on YouTube. She says that her father raped her, and she believes that Aaron killed 
Grant in order to shut Grant up and protect him from these accusations of sexual abuse. And you can go and watch that video. She does have a TikTok. The family is all very active on, so Angie is active on uh, social media. Gracie, her TikTok account is private. Um, I would say, please don't go at her. She's dealing with enough. Any videos that, that she may put out will be released by the family. But yeah, after the release of the video, the court bench ordered Gracie into DCS custody due to, quote, fears of psychological harm, unquote. And all Gracie wants is to live with her mother, be safe from her abusive father, and get justice for her brother. And at that time, when DCS had taken her, taken her into custody, she had spent over a year trying to avoid her, her father because he kept coming and picking her up from school. He kept, like, trying to take her, and she was terrified. And that's why she released that video. And then they, she released it hoping that they would grant a order of protection against Aaron for Gracie. And they did, but they also took her from her mother and they did it under fear of psychological harm. Let's talk about the sexual abuse. That is something physically harming her. But you're going to state that is psychological harm. From whom? Is it just her father? Or are you saying that because you believe her mother is doing this? Like, what is it? It's incredible the links that the court system is going to in Tennessee for this, allegedly. Right now, Aaron Solomon is a free man. People do, when they see him in public, post videos of him walking around. They will post images and screenshots when he reaches out to people on social media being a creep. So be aware if you live in the Nashville area. And he's still rubbing elbows with the Nashville elite. Governor Bill Lee was actually asked in a press conference once when this case kind of started making traction on social media if he was going to do anything about this case. And he pretty much avoided the question. Uh, he, he said, my staff members would bring anything of concern to me if, if I needed to look at it. Sure, my guy. Sure, my guy. Yeah, I remember now where I heard that name. That was the other person that was brought into investigations when it came to the lethal injection in states that came into question because of the illegalities of it and yeah. the issues around it. That's where I remember his name from, from that case that we covered. Yeah, well, he's an asshole. That's not allegedly. That's That was true. Anyway. So w what can you do? You can go. You could call that opinion or you could call it fact. It just it was depends. a fact. I factually no, I believe mean, that. Other people can call it an opinion or a fact. It's up to them. Yeah. <laughs> swap it out all you want. Swap it out all you want. There is a lot more information about this case and like the church's involvement and things like that. But we don't have the time to like truly deep dive into that. I kind of wanted to give you, you know, the high level, but also the details of the information of the scene of the accident. You know, where Gracie is today and this kind of like helps you understand why I would talk about Grant and Gracie because you cannot talk about one without talking about the other. It's interchangeable and in why it ended up the way it is. So the way to help them is, you know, we've, we said in the previous episode, I'm going to say it again right now. We put it on our social, social media, but in our show notes, there's going to be a link to sign the petition to reopen Grant's case. It needs 500,000 signatures. I think it's at like 300,000 now, something like that. Kelsey can let us know. 
There are also two different funds on the Freedom for Gracie website. One is Justice for Grant and the other is Freedom for Gracie. The funds go to investigating Grant's case and the funds for the Freedom for Gracie obviously go towards her continued care and hopeful, hopeful freedom in the future. So if you have the means, be sure to donate to that. Definitely go sign the petition, though. I, we can all agree that, okay, it has 321,968 signatures right now. But I think we can all agree that his case does need to be reopened. All of the allegations aside, all of the other stuff aside, if you look at the crime scene in and of itself, something's not adding up. So, thoughts, Samantha? There, there's a lot of something's not adding up, if you ask me. It's not just one. It's like, there's a lot. We had to dismiss a lot in order to get to the next jump yes. of what also doesn't make sense. Yeah, um, correcto. I think that this case was in... I'm of, of two minds. This case was in very weird timing for me. Um, Sorry. But it is good and bad just because it it, it does hit, it, it hits my heart because I, I, ugh, it's just disgusting. The, the lengths people will go to dismiss these things and to sweep them under the rug and pretend that they don't exist. Even, you know, I think there's two two levels of this typically, maybe three. Maybe you can convince yourself that it's not actually happening. Maybe you are delusional enough that you can convince yourself that what's right in front of you isn't actually happening. Maybe you are that third group. But I think more often than not, it's one of two groups. You flat out refuse to acknowledge what's happening in front of you and you convince yourself that there's a reason for it or that they're lying. Or you believe it, you just don't want to deal with it. And so you sweep it under the rug because you just don't want to talk about it because that's gross. Yeah, it is. Yeah, these people need to be punished. They need to be kept away from children. Children deserve our protection. Mm -hmm. They deserve to have a right to live in this world in peace and in safety and not be scared for their lives and definitely not be traumatized before they even reach adulthood. Trust me, adults, as adults, we have plenty to traumatize us for the rest of oh, our yeah. lives. Let's give them, oh, I don't know, 20 years before they start, start actually experiencing these things. I, Let's let them have their frontal lobe at least mostly developed before they have to go through this kind of stuff. There is no excuse whatsoever for it. And I'm a little bit impassioned about this subject because it pisses me off <laughs> Yeah, because I see it all the time. And it's just so disgusting every single time. And I just don't know how people can live with themselves in any of this situation for doing anything outside of supporting that child and doing their damnedest to get them the help and the support that they need. I agree. That's I agree. It. I like I like what you said. And I don't know if you just came up with it. I think I've heard it somewhere else, maybe in a different phrasing, but kids deserve to live in this world. And it's so true because in so many instances, kids are viewed as like inconveniences, as they're Property. meant to be seen, not heard. You know, they're not, that they're not real people. And while I've never wanted children, you know, myself or anything like that, because I could not bring myself to care for something for 20 years, except for apparently a dog that's never going to die. <laughs> I I don't want her to die. Please, please don't think that. I always just find it really weird when people like have a visceral reaction to children existing within the world that you're in. So, you know, <laughs> love that sentiment. Love that comment, because it's so true. 
Kids deserve to be here. Well, they didn't have a choice. Yeah. Think about it that way. They didn't choose to come into this earth. You chose to bring them here. So it's your responsibility to take care of them and to make sure that they're safe and that they have a chance of achieving something in this world. And for goodness sakes, I hope you're having kids and hoping that they're going to make the world a better place and that you're going to leave it a better place for them. That should be our ultimate goal. I never had kids. I didn't want kids. I didn't want the responsibility because I knew the responsibility that it entailed. I got judged my entire life pretty much from the time that I was an adult and married at 19 all the way through basically meeting Paul and, uh, well, hell, let's be honest. I'm a stepmom. I still get judged. But (laughs) I got judged for not having kids of my own because I was selfish. No, I was one of the few adults taking it seriously and choosing my own path and choosing not to subject another child to a life that I didn't want them to live. Mm -hmm. And now I chose to be a part of a relationship and be a part of four kids lives that are amazing. And I want to do everything I can. I will do my damnedest to create a better life for them because that's my job as an adult and being a part of their life. Yeah. It isn't that hard. And as a former, it really child myself. It, uh, (laughs) former it it upsets me you know because I remember being a kid and that was kind of like the sentiment in a lot of like situations where adults were kids were seen and not heard yeah and that's I heard that a lot and you see that so prevalently like in this case where everyone tried to shut Grant and Gracie up y'all are supposed to be seen not heard so They're allowed to exist, they're allowed to take up space, and they're allowed to be their own human beings. Yes. Because they are. So go sign that petition. Go donate if you can. I'm so glad that we're speaking of children. I now have one yelling in the background you might be able to hear. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Anyways, until next time, we love you. We mean it. Okay, bye. The Reaper will come for us all.